listening to the 167th episode of Done, the weekly podcast about structure and simplicity. I'm David Stjernholm and today's episode is about a word you do not need. Because there is a word which I recently realized completely kills all my energy, drive and initiative. Even if I am physically well, thoroughly rested and fairly on the go, I am drained of all energy as soon as I think I should do something. It can be as simple as receiving an email from someone who I think I should have gotten in touch with sooner. The thought that I should respond to the email emerges, and with it all zest and energy leaves me. In these moments I tend to turn my attention elsewhere. I start checking Twitter for interesting tweets, I start browsing Spotify for music I want to listen to right now or lose myself amongst the design blogs I follow. I do other things instead of doing what I should. Just because that little word should pops into my mind, I feel reluctance towards doing something which I in actuality do not find very difficult to do, and perhaps even inspiring and valuable. Come to think of it, the word should does not contribute anything positive to my life. I live and work according to the belief that I do not have to do anything, but rather want to do all the things I am doing, since I want to develop both myself and my business. I am reminded of the late author and traveller Bruce Chatwin. In his book Songlines, he describes how the Australian Aborigines myth of creation tells of that in the beginning of everything the gods wandered across the continent and sang the landscape into existence. Where the mountain, the tree or stone was named, it also came into being. I understand that it is a myth, but must admit that it holds a grain of truth. Physical objects exist regardless if they have a name or not. But many phenomena occur or at least protrude more clearly and are spread to a greater number of people once they are named and turned into a concept. Take for instance the Swedish author Bodil Jönsson's concept of setup time or Alain de Botton's status stress. If something can come into existence just by being given a name, should we not be able to make things disappear by getting rid of a name or word? I amused myself by dissecting the word should, which amounted to the method of getting rid of it, which I am sharing with you in this episode of Done. As I see it, the connotation of the word should, as in I should do X, is actually I think that I have to do X, otherwise something unpleasant and unwanted will occur. This unwanted event may, for instance, be that we miss a deadline, that we lose a customer, that our colleague gets angry, that my opportunities to develop are impaired, or something else. The amusing part of this is that when we think should, we also subconsciously think that we are able to predict what will happen if we do or do not do X. But speaking for myself when it comes to my so far 41-year-old life, I have encountered enough unforeseen events which have humbled me when it concerns my lacking ability to predict the future. So the only thing we actually achieve is naming our fear. What we miss is that there are at least a handful of other possible outcomes and consequences to doing or not doing X. If we make some of the alternative repercussions of doing or not doing X clear to ourselves, we are then able to consciously choose whether or not we want to do X. And suddenly the word should 
is gone. The following method has worked for me. Perhaps it will work for you as well. Take an empty sheet of paper. Write down what you think you have to do. In other words, what you should do. For example, I should send the material NN asked for the other day. Now, write down what you fear will happen if you do not do it. For example, if I do not do it, this particular person will be angry with me, lose faith in me, and interrupt our collaboration, which I value deeply. And now comes the fun part. Think of three alternative outcomes of not doing what you think you must. To really confront your fear, try thinking of positive consequences of not doing what you think you must do. For example, if I do not do it today, this particular person will not notice anything since he is busy in a conference all day and will have forgotten all about me by now. Or if I do not do it today, this particular person will feel relieved when realizing he is not alone in sometimes delivering material late to others. Or if I do not do it today, this particular person will be a bit disappointed, but it will not affect our collaboration since she on the whole appreciates it as much as I do. So finally, decide if you with this new perspective on the situation still want to do what you thought you should. Or if you choose not to do it right now. The choice is ours and we are not victims of our circumstances, which is crucial to our well-being. If you are like me, you will do what you do because you want to, rather than due to a sense of obligation by providing a more nuanced perspective on your situation. And preferably by removing as many should as possible. I have felt more energized, lighter and had more fun by doing this. Perhaps you will as well. Try it. What word is your worst enemy in terms of creating obstacles and what do you do to prevent it doing so? Write to me and tell me. I will be more than happy to publish your tip on the Structure blog. Imagine what impact this joint effort could have on other people's workdays. You will reach me at david.stjernholm.com and don't write because you should, but because you want to. Thank you for listening to this week's Done, and you are welcome to do the same next week. Mm.